everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are starting the second chapter in a very long journey because today we are here to talk about Twilight Zone, the classic original Twilight Zone show. This is season two, episode one. It's called King Nine Will Not Return. So this is our first episode of season two. I actually had forgotten we'd moved on to a new season because I went to sit down to watch the episodes and I sat down, my season one Blu-ray, like the final disc was still on the player. <laughs> and then I went, oh wait, <laughs> we're on season two. I have to go get this, the second box. Uh, yeah. I know. Um, so I did not remember. Did you open it before, or did you have to like take off the saran wrap? No, nah, I was on before. I, well, I've got a bad habit. It's like no matter, even if I'm not going to watch something for a long time, I always take the wrap off when I get it because I just it's like part of opening it. It's like yo, I got a thing, I must open. Now I cannot return it. It is mine forever. <laughs> it's a commitment. I'm making a commitment to the to the thing I've made, the purchase I've made. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll get into the episode, of course. Uh, spoilers for the episode as always. Um, so one thing I didn't remember because there's a sticker on the cover that reminded me of this is that this season is actually slightly shorter than season one. It does go back to 36, I believe, for season three, but this season is 29 episodes. So. Phew! What a break. Yeah, no, <laughs> a little bit shorter. <laughs> um, and then something that I don't know if I mentioned before, but I'm going to mention it now. I'll mention it again when we get to the relevant episodes, but I think it's important here for anyone who's watching this now, especially since we're all watching the nice HD transfers and it looks like a really great restoration, looks very pretty, uh, even though it's this old black and white show. Uh, there is six episodes in season two that were shot on very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, early, early version of something that's not that great yet. Uh, primitive. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Tara, for your help. Uh, uh, My pleasure. It was, there were six episodes this season that were shot on primitive videotape. And I say primitive because it's 1960. Uh, <laughs> so there's six episodes in this season. I think a handful of episodes in, it's going to switch to the videotape episodes. And they're going to look considerably worse than the rest of the episodes that we've done so far. Ooh, can't wait. Um, and then it'll get back to better. They, they did this for budget reasons. They were trying to save money. And I think they basically stopped because... It didn't save them as much money as they thought they were. I've not looked into it too extensively. I'm sure you can go on Wikipedia this and uh, read up on what the decision-making process was here. But for that reason, six of these episodes look kind of rough uh, versus the rest. But this one, this episode is not one of those. Uh, episode one here, and um, we do have the classic. Yeah, this one looks pretty good. We have the classic theme tune that we all know from Twilight Zone finally makes its appearance here. Um. Although, nobly, because like, we got the new opening titles at the end of the season last year, uh, last season, and the, the style of the opening titles is the same, and this, the, 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 the bar kind of like scrolls in from the side and the title comes up, but it's not the eye that was at the end of the season last season. It's, um, you know, it's this, the, the, the planet, it's the moon or whatever, um, and then mm -hmm. space. It is a little bit different again, so uh, just thought I'll, I'll point that out. Um, and we get Rod Serling in the opening narration we always is did. that just for this episode what do you mean we always had that yeah but we don't see him we didn't see him in this either did we yeah we did at the start i'm sure we did i don't remember this maybe i dreamt it <laughs> <laughs> i do not recall seeing russell at the start of this episode i mean if i am wrong and i have forgotten something as silly as this, then you may rub it in next episode. You can, you can 
Give yeah, me I guess I could watch it again. Yeah. It's not well, like it's that much of a commitment. Well, you don't have to watch the whole thing. You just have to watch the first minute. <laughs> That's not how I watch things. Okay, fine. Uh, you commit. All right. Like I do with my Blu-rays, I always take the, the wrapper off. Yeah, Rod Serling was in the opening narration. He's there in the desert next to the airplane. Boom. I, I don't remember. You know what? I'm so used to seeing him at the end of the episodes that it never even clicked in my brain that he was there at the start. I just assumed, I thought the episode was ending. I thought we were just wrapping up. And I thought, oh, that's a short episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about King Nine Will Not Return, which is about a... a captain of a, of a of a fighter plane from world war ii who wakes up in the desert and he is confused as to why there's no one else around you know as his crew don't even seem to be lying near him or even you know even dead like there's, there's not around the ship is empty are you saying he's all by himself <laughs> it's kind of interesting how season one are started with you know the the uh where is where is everybody the episode and it was all about someone being on their own and then this kind of did the same thing again except instead of having a full town for him to explore and find clues he was just at a single plane crash site that had nothing in the surrounding area for miles mm -hmm. which leads me to uh, usually i ask you first but i'm just going to jump in here and say this was a really mediocre episode because it did not have <laughs> enough things to fill the 25 minute runtime with yeah I'm right there with you. It's excellent, okay. excellent news, excellent news. We're, we're, we're in the the cozy part of the Venn Our diagram. The diagram has crossed again. <laughs> yes, because yeah. um, like obviously, and I think it hurts that we've also done a, this idea before better to the point where, as I was watching the episode, and he's waking up and he's like, "Okay, so where are my crew members?" And eventually, he kind of hallucinates a little bit and that kind of thing. I was kind of thinking to myself, like, "Okay, well." There's going to be a twist here, right? And the obvious twist is that he's actually dead, and the reason why he can't find anyone is because one of the first things he says at the start is, um, "That's strange. Like, like my, you know, my my crew, you know, if they're okay, if they're alive, they wouldn't leave me behind. You know, even if they couldn't wake me up, they'd carry carry me, kind of thing. So I mean, they said, well, they wouldn't if you were dead, though. Like, that would just be they'd have to leave you behind." Um, but to the episode's credit, he does actually ponder that himself. Once start, once he starts getting a bit mm -hmm. more delirious, he does actually go through a lot of ideas in his head. He's like, you know, am I actually dead? Am I hallucinating? Am I all these things? And he basically go, goes through every twist that we've seen in season one. Yeah, and the funny thing <laughs> is, these though, isolation episodes. is that somehow the actual twist at the end of the episode is less interesting than almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, plus I, I don't know if I can say that this is kind of a cliche ending because it's maybe it hasn't been done before i don't know in 1960 i, I so, mean from the time when it yeah. was aired so you're saying that it's all a dream is more valid yeah, in 1960 ending is a little although they do add something to it that makes it doesn't it doesn't seem as cheap i don't know i think it, I think it makes it feel worse but we'll get to that uh, we get to it right so yeah it's, it's mediocre like you said it's just is, the it, payoff isn't quite as good. Even if the payoff was as good, other though, we've seen that are similar. But this is the thing, though. Even if the payoff was good, even if I liked what it did with the twist, and it was like, okay, that's kind of a cool idea. I don't think the first, like, you know, twenty minutes of the episode, I don't think it makes up for that because the first twenty minutes, no, like, it's too redundant. You know, he, it's yeah. just a guy in the desert with the plane. That's the only prop. Like you said, we don't have that city for the 
you know the different buildings there's, there's the, no mannequins in this episode yeah and because that's that, that that first episode last season that like, told a story and there were so many clues like once the, the reveal happened i could look back at that story and go hey here's where the hints where it came from this is where things came from in his sure. mind yeah um, it made it kind of rewatchable yeah whereas this one like there's nothing for him to do except just kind of wonder where everyone is and like, the first like few minutes yeah. of the episode he's literally just going around the plane and every so often he stops and just kind of looks around a little bit and his narration all start asking questions and it does that a lot and honestly it's, it's just kind of hard to get and i was waiting for like another character or something to be introduced that would okay now we can bounce off of this or that this is what advances the story and i think yeah j- just to I, sh- I don't I don't hate the buildup. Like the buildup is, it's really slow, but it's not Very terrible. Slow. But I think which, just... what makes my point though about how, how it has nothing to really do is, uh, you know how it goes to the ad break, right? You know, even when you're watching you know, the modern versions, it always has where the title card comes in for the ad break. Um, when it goes to the ad break, like it felt like such a nothing moment. Normally they have a little cliffhanger. They have like, that's the moment where the character realizes the predicament they're in. That's the moment where they realize something or a twist happens or whatever. That's mm-hmm. this one that goes to the ad break and him just sort of sitting down and going, where's my crew? I was meant to protect them. Yeah. I was meant <laughs> to protect the them. Same. Yeah, it's more <laughs> of the same. And then we come back after the ad break for yet more of the same. Uh, the only interesting part, honestly, in the whole thing, whilst we're in the desert with him, is that he eventually kind of finds the uh, the graves, uh, presumably of, of his crew, uh, which does lead to the question of, okay, who buried them then? And who, you know, who did this? Like, so... I mean, maybe it's only one of them that he finds rather than all, all three crew members, but, like, regardless, like, that is the most interesting thing because he finds something new. It's like, oh, something. Something that we can maybe mm-hmm. use here. Um, it doesn't relate, to be honest. It just, <laughs> it just kind of monologues a bit more. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the twist that happens at the end. I mean, not like the big twist, but, like, the, the little added-on bit that mm. makes it not so cliche. I think that really helps the episode. But for the most part, it's just too, too redundant. Like it's too, it's the same thing over and over again for, like you said, 20 plus minutes. And uh, I think this theme of isolation has been done so many times. It's confusing why they would open up season two with the same theme. And maybe because it was so similar to the, pilot episode of the first they thought well we can do that story again but different i wonder and, uh, um i wonder it's very unsuccessful i think it's probably just they had an airplane prop and so that's probably they made yeah. an episode around it. they had an airplane <laughs> prop from a different tv show or a movie that they'd just done or something i although i wonder actually like you said there you wonder why they'd open season two two like that i do wonder though how much they cared about the idea of like season breaks at the time because i feel like talking about season uh, openers and end you know and finales and things like that i feel like that's a more modern thing and i i, I don't know if maybe it, but the finale for season one seemed like a big deal they had rod sterling as like a character in it that's true that's true i don't know how much like in 1960 it was like oh the season premiere of you know like, did they really hype it up as like it's back it's back after its break kind of thing uh, yeah i guess they probably I did mean, star trek never really did that in the early seasons uh, were you around <laughs> when, when they were advertising the new seasons of Star Trek in 1967? We've agreed never to discuss my, my true age. Ooh, I went Scottish there. Discuss, never to discuss. discuss my age. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out too much. <laughs> discuss, I don't say discuss. 
You sh- you shot past me and went straight to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dentures just came out, and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Not my real teeth. I'm secretly seventy five. <laughs> we'll meet. <laughs> we'll meet tomorrow at tenish. Tenish. I don't even have a racket. Um. Sorry, that was a, that was a really bad Sean Connery joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, the, the big twist then is that eventually, and again, there's not really much to kind of propel it. Eventually, he's just sort of grasping at the sand, and it transitions to him grasping at a bed sheet, and he's in bed in a hospital, and we have like a doctor and another doctor, I don't know, like standing over him, and they're sort of they basically just spell out the backstory for us and, and what's happened here, which again makes it very dull storytelling. They just tell us that we don't we don't see any of this. They just explain to us what the symbolism of everything in the dream was. It's like, oh yes, well, he saw this in the newspaper and collapsed, and we see in the newspaper, oh, they found this plane that's been missing for, you know, 20 years. Uh, you know, keep in mind, it's 1960. Uh, so it's only been, you know, less than 20 years since World War II ended. Right, and yeah. So, and it's like, yeah, he, he, you know, he was meant to go out on this, this flight with his crew, but for some reason he was kept back on this. So immediately we go, okay, so it says guilt. He felt he was meant to be with his crew yeah, and he wasn't but, there. Yeah, you know, everybody died on the, on the mission. Yes, so, I mean, he does have some guilt. Like, maybe I could have been there and done something. So, at least, like, maybe him seeing this newspaper would trigger some kind of trauma. And that memory would be there for that reason. And yeah. I think I think that's okay. It's an okay idea. I think the execution's horrible. Uh, I don't think well, it's a little bit better than just, it was all a dream. Well, I mean, it's still it, all the dream, but at least it, it has all... a reason for being there. I mean, it is all a dream, though, right? I mean, because I actually, because you said you liked the final little bit that because because he wakes up and he, he talks to him a little bit and he's a little bit confused, and they talk to him, no, you weren't, you just went there on your mind, you weren't actually there, you're in a hospital bed, you'll be fine, and they're like, oh, a couple of days, you'll you'll know that that was fake and whatever, and then the final moment is is that the nurse brings like all his belongings, his clothes that he was wearing, and when they pick up his shoe, some sand falls out of it, and like it's sand, and it's like, yeah. I, I think this is cheap and tacked on. I, I I don't feel that there's any like reason for this. Yeah, oh, that part I don't really care about. Like, yeah. Okay, I guess it makes it more Twilight Zoney. But yeah, but if, if, I'll be honest. Joe, what that's like made me think in of a different. His dream dimension is it the fifth dimension or whatever. I'm going to be but, honest here. Joe, what that's made me think of. That's made me think of Twilight Zone 2019. This episode. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Muddled. Because it just gets muddled. Like, we have it, a message. Just kidding. Now it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt at the end of this episode. Because the, the whole sand in the show, yeah. I'm like, oh, so you, they're implying that he was somehow really there and came back, like back or like. But even like, why would his physical shoe have sand in it? Because he wasn't even wearing those clothes when he was in the the the, the, <laughs> the, the dream. Like, I, like I don't know. None of it really makes any sense. And it feels like it's just there because they realize this isn't exciting enough. We have to give it a nice little, a little, little bit at the end so we can go da na 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 na. Right? That's it. They just want that, and yeah, it makes no sense. I see that? Like that's not, uh, that's not a part of the episode that I cared about. Even though it was supposed to be a big da da moment yeah. at the end, but it's like oh, whatever. The rest of it is fine. It's fine. It's just dull. It's just it's dull. It's redoing things we've seen before. And ultimately, just plods around repeating itself too often. And then the twist. Well, I think the 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 idea of why he's having this trauma is fine. I just think it's just oh, we're just told this by a character, 
and it's like okay but there was no clues really in the thing i mean okay sure there was times well, the jets went by that was kind of a, an interesting huh wonder why those are there but i suppose yeah that's that's the one indication that he's really there somehow uh is that there's like modern yeah, jets like, why do i know what those are um it's 1943 <laughs> yeah, if, if anything at that point i, I was thinking if they've done like a time travel thing again is, is this like the pilot from season one who's traveled forward in time and yeah it, yeah it, that kind of makes things up a bit that was that was good yeah, that was an okay moment. That was an okay moment. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, so much of it was just him, like, you know, talking about his crew and, and saying that he's meant to protect them. And I just, I don't know, it wasn't propelling itself forward. There was no momentum to it. Yeah. So yeah, I, just okay. I don't, I don't hate it, but it, it was just okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I know I sound like I hate it. I, I don't hate it, but... You have this inherent yeah, like. It's not like the monsters I do from uh, Maple Street for you. That was. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Don't <laughs> don't get me in trouble again. No, I think you inherently, when you think something's just okay, tend to try and stick up for it. When I'm pointing out why it's just okay, and then I come across as being really hateful about it. But I'm just trying to make That's it. True. I'm trying to make it clear. I'm just, I'm just trying to be the good cop to your bad cop. Yes, yes, yes. So you end up making me look worse, is what I'm saying. <laughs> do I though? Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, maybe I did. So, uh, it's a shame that season two starts off with a bit of a stinker. It's not. It's not I mean, it's not a terrible episode, but compared to the good stuff, it's a stinker. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not one of the memorable episodes, and it repeats a theme that we've already seen better. So, it's not the best opener <laughs> for sure. I will say this though, um, I, I was just glancing at what was coming up on disc one. There's a great episode that I do remember very well coming up on disc one. Okay, well we have that to look forward to. Yeah, so there's some good, there's some gold coming soon. So not to despair, not to think that the show's in a bit of a slump, because uh, there's good stuff coming. Now, admittedly, will the next one be good? Because at the end of this episode, Rod Selling comes out and tells us about a genie. Uh, the episode's called The Man in the Ball. Don't know this one. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head either. Although there's a there's an image from this episode that I always remember. I think it's because it's on the back of the cover of the Blu-ray, so I've just seen this image a bunch. Uh, but here's a description from I am Debe. A luckless couple, <laughs> a luckless couple stumbles upon a fortune when a genie materializes from a bottle in their antique shop. The genie grants them four wishes. Four. That's an interesting number. It's usually three, uh, but warns them. Uh, prophetically to be careful what you wish for oh so monkey's paw it's a monkey's paw episode <laughs> yeah it sounds like a 2000s horror film it does a little bit actually <laughs> yeah, yeah or, <laughs> 2000s try just a couple of years ago with a film called wish upon you can check out the review of that on screams after midnight or horror movie podcast with myself and tim does that do i have to watch the movie first because sounds like i don't want to I don't have to. I feel like a lot of the bad movies we review are, are better just experienced through our our descriptions. Okay. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> yes, go check it out. Uh, but, yeah, so that's what's coming up next time on Twilight Zone. Uh, but this was the King 9 Will Not Return. A uh, little note here, maybe you'll know better than I do. Uh, I did think it was because the, the, the plane's called the King 9. It's got like a king on it and it's, you know, got the uh-huh. big K9 on it. Um, there was also three swastikas uh, next to some bullets, which I thought was kind of curious. Now, I'm assuming that the point of that is that they're saying they're going to shoot down uh, 
no, I think it's just... keeping track of what they've shot down. Ah, okay. I just thought it just feels weird to me to put that on anything. Like, yeah, you know, I just I was like, whoa, why is that on I there? I mean, well, if it's accurate to the time, it's probably not a wasn't a big deal. Oh, sure, but it, it was making me think the twist was going to be like he's he's not actually he's he's not in the side he thinks he has or something. Like it was making me think for a second there was going to be some. Yeah, twist I think about... it's a kill counter. But yeah, I don't know. No. The swastikas probably mean something other than the bullets, but sure. I don't really know what yeah. they would mean. Yeah, it's never brought up, so I'm assuming it's just a cultural thing at the time that I just don't get, and that's okay. But um, it stuck out to me when I noticed it. I was like, wait, why is a swastika on that plane? He's not made be, <laughs> He's not from Germany. What's going on? Um, yeah. But hey. Uh, so there you go. That has been episode one of season two. The uh, King Name will not return, so... Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments you can like and subscribe you can ding the bell on YouTube to make sure you get notifications you can support what we do by rating the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts give us five stars maybe a little review uh, it helps more people find us uh, in the interwebs uh, you can also support us financially of course Tara how can they do that? you can check out our Patreon page it's patreon.com slash TV. donating as little as a dollar per month will get you bonus features such as uh, some tangents that we do on all of the shows now get edited out for time and added to our patrons. So. <laughs> Not every tangent, <laughs> only the sizable ones. Because as right. you're saying that, I'm pretty sure we started this very episode with a small tangent. And just, they're, they're going to be like, no, you didn't edit that one out. That one's still there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had plenty of time to talk about that. Sure. sure, sure, sure. A shorter review. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Hey, George, funny, Tara, is that I've noticed uh, over time that you, much like I do with my intros and some of my outro stuff, uh, you have a very set way that you say that Patreon bit now. You say it with the exact same inflection every time. You've got a little, it's like a little thing you've rehearsed, almost. Should I, should I jazz it up a bit? You don't have to. I mean, I don't jazz mine up too much, but it's, if you want to, if you want to be a bit adventurous. <laughs> Go to Patreon. Ooh, pull out my gold boom. <laughs> start purring <laughs> check out patreon.com <laughs> I can't do the gold bloom I can't there's only it. one I can't do it either um, but hey that is us that has been our Twilight Zone discussion it uh, gets on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates and that is, that is it yeah uh, so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching TV guys in the Twilight Zone